Get in. Sorry, it's a rental. Who are you? Me? I'm Yukio. And? I've been trying to find you for over a year. Why? To give you that. My employer wanted you to have it. Who's your employer? Master Yashida. He said it belongs to you, and that he's paying all debt. Master Yashita is dying. He wants to say thank you for saving his life all those years ago. He knows that you are a busy man, but he very much wants to say his goodbye in person. All right, where is he? Tokyo. I'm not going to Japan. It would be dishonorable for you to refuse this request. Well, apologize to Mr. Yashita. I'm not going to Tokyo. Good evening, good night, hello, and welcome to episode 216 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by my fellow movie addicts, Chris and Dave. How are you both? Konnichiwa, well, everyone. Good, <laughs> good evening, folks, from me, but also I'd like to ask Becca, why do birds all suddenly appear every time <laughs> you are near? You are near. I, I can hear birds in the background. I just, that's an eternal question. That's a very uh, eternal question. Don't change it, but it's, it's going to be a bit of a summary soundtrack for everybody. I don't know if it will come out on the recording. <laughs> we'll see. Lots, lots of birds tweeting, but it's, yeah. it's that time of year. So, yeah, yeah as I may have said, konnichiwa, konbanwa, oyasumi. We're traveling to Japan for this week's episode. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah. This was the second turning Japanese. Uh, I think of turning Japanese. I really think well, so. <laughs> and obviously, uh, to date this episode as well, it's also very topical because we have the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. So. Well, yeah. I think Wolverine would have done quite well in the fencing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. But apart, but apart from anything else. Um, Wrestling, yeah, I don't so, know. Uh, before we go any further, what's what's the film, Becca? Tonight, it's... Hmm, this one always throws me off because it's not like X-Men hyphen whatever, but it's just the Wolverine starring Hugh Jackman, Will Yun Lee, Hiroki Sanada, Famke Janssen, Tao Okamoto, Rina Fukushima, Svetlana Kodchenkova, and other names which I'll mangle later on. Um, original music by Marco Beltrami, scripts by Mark Wombat and Scott Frank, directed by James Mangold and released 2013. Yeah, now I don't remember anything about the build-up to this at all. I just remember they were... Wolverine in Japan is a bit of a sort of iconic part of the comic book sort of history as his old man Logan, which we'll get to in a three mm -hmm. weeks time um, but of course X-Men Origins Wolverine and I, I just thought I don't know what I thought I mean, I, on the one hand I look at it and think James Mangold and at this point James Mangold had done the 310 to Yuma remake he'd done Identity, Copland and, and Girl Interrupted and other things um, so he had a decent record but certainly um, 
but I was a bit worried that I, I don't know what my worry was or how best to put it into words. I almost felt like maybe they were going back into a comfort zone again because they'd done this sort of reboot, which was a little bit brave in and of itself. And then suddenly it was like they wanted the, the Wolverine show back. So I wasn't sure what to expect. But having said that, I do not remember a single trailer for it, which I will have seen because I, I sort of live in cinemas. Um, so my, my background with this film is I saw it opening night as I frequently do, but I have no memory of the build up to it. I went to see it. Um, we'll get to first thoughts in a minute, but I think it's no spoiler to say I didn't like the final act of the film. But for the vast majority of it, I was like, solidly entertained and thought good things of it and then of course towards the end there's a bit of a teaser for the film that was going to be coming the following year and talking of iconic comic book sort of runs days of future past is one of those as well in comic book history though i've never read it um so that's my background with the film very very limited and i don't know that i've ever seen it between seeing it at the cinema and seeing it again for this um and, and broadly speaking as i came into the series this series of recordings I sort of stuck it solidly in the middle it, it sort of probably goes a little bit behind future past but along with sort of the first X-Men film it's not bad it's it's not it's certainly not bad and it's not absolutely out of the top drawer either although I would say more about my experiences with it this time in a minute Chris yeah I um I know what you mean I actually don't remember a tra trailer though funnily enough I do remember like um seeing on Twitter it was they had like a, almost like a a five second kind of gift trailer. I remember that that was like, pre, like a start of a preempt like because I, I remember the, the the stuff of like like you know quick shot of Wolverine on on the on the bullet train like sort of yeah. like coming straight out with his claws out kind of thing. Um, so th yeah, so it was quite a lot of like stuff like that. Um, the stuff I may mostly remember about it was kind of almost like the the stuff in development, like reading from you know film movie sites of like uh you know like Darren Arnosky was like hired to direct and it, yeah at some point and uh there was like they're gonna go to like Wolverine in Japan which sounded like oh that that sounds exciting so it yeah it was uh my memory of it's mostly like sort of thinking about the build-up and thinking well this looks more promising than what we got last time around uh with you know because it sounds more that that sounds like a lot more like more action-packed, more interesting, more satisfying Wolverine film. Yeah. Um, I think the, the I, I was glad for the change of director as well. It was Gavin Hood for the X-Men Origins film, uh, who had a pretty sort of art house record to that point. But that said, Mangold, since this film, has done, obviously, Logan, which is very highly rated, and Ford versus Ferrari, which was... I was baffled to see it in the Best Picture nominees, but that's only because of the type of film it is. It's not the sort of thing that's traditionally nominated, although I suppose America is a very nostalgic country and one in love with the motor car, so possibly that would explain it, but it was a very solidly... They, they, they love a biopic film. in the, um, the Oscars, don't they? They love a biopic, they love their own history, and they love the motor car, and not only that, it's like America, rah, 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 because they beat Ferrari, obviously. Spoiler alert if you've not seen the film. But whilst that sounds like I'm insulting it, uh, I'm not. I thought it was a really good film. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But at this point, I thought his record was a little bit mixed. I, I must admit to this day, I've not seen Copland, but I know that it is very well thought of. But then he did Kate and Leopold, which is a rather dodgy rom-com. Then he did Identity, which kind of good on a first watch. But the more you think about it, 
the less good it becomes. Walk the Line I enjoyed very much. 310 to Yuma is good, but it's a remake, and it's a very faithful one at that, actually. Even the the hotel room they hold up in just before the train arrives looks identical in the Ford, John Ford version, uh, the Glenn Ford version, sorry, John, John Ford didn't make it. So I, I didn't really know. And then he did Night and Day, which was, again, enjoyable enough. It was Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. And it's been kind of forgotten, but it's it's kind of a fun, rompish kind of actioner. It's It's okay. But there was nothing about him that made me feel that like, oh, James Mangold's doing it. Great. Whereas now he's on to do the next Indiana Jones film and his record is now good enough that I, that gives me a little bit of hope. But that, that wasn't really there in 2013 because I thought he'd done a mixture of a pretty good and not so good. Mm, like a mixed bag. I don't know. I nothing don't think, terrible. Yeah. No, nothing terrible. Um, but I think but, I, I remember it like, yeah, it was like, I think I remember thinking like, this should be fairly competent. Like, you know, nothing's, you know, there's nothing, it wasn't like an alarming going in. Like, nothing about, oh, he's going to be a bit dodgy. I think you're like, yeah, that, that could kind of work. I can kind of see that. Um, you know, particularly and in a nuts the, and bolts kind of way, you know. And the only other thing that, that stuck out in the um, uh, cast, because uh, I didn't know the writers, I'm just looking them up now. Uh, I do know one of their names now, at least. Mom, Mark Bombach, let me have a look has done he did the top yeah he's done a lot of really iffy stuff he's worked with len wiseman a few times tony scott on the stuff i don't consider his best stuff but he has written on a couple of um planet of the apes films very very mixed bag scott frank written on minority report and stuff like that so it does vary but also i don't know uh oh hang on is i think he might be an actor as well because i'm looking at the writing Oh, television, he wrote for the Wonder Years. But yeah, a um, bit of a mixed bag with that. The name that stuck out in the cast was Marco Beltrami. Now, Marco Beltrami has, uh, has, has written music for an awful lot of stuff. Uh, so he worked with Wes Craven, so he did some, some of the Scream films. He did... Uh, terminator 3 rise of the machines which always confuses me and i end up thinking he did the first one which he didn't he wasn't working that far back hellboy the guillermo del toro version hopefully and lots and lots of interesting stuff so he is one of these sort of directors uh sorry one of these composers who does stand out so yeah the the sort of the pedigree of this film was okay but not enough to get too excited about and again with the whole wolverine in japan element to it unlike logan which i think we all thought might be some sort of definitive ending for the character this felt like it was just going to be a, a little one-shot tale mm. um which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it does actually sort of limit excitement a little bit because those things by their very definition sort of feel a bit non-essential about you becca did you see this when it was released or or what um, yeah, like you guys, I don't recall a massive build-up to this film. Maybe seeing, like, a, as I say, like a, a brief trailer and some posters. It kind of, for me, um, came out of nowhere. I think um, there probably was a big drive, and then we got the Mandela effect um, affecting collective memory. But I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, for me, I think I remember going to see this probably when it first came out on first release, um, and then I just kind of, I, I was, you know, I, I would agree with you, Dave, that the, the final act does kind of fall away from me a little bit. Um, and I kind of thought, oh, this is 
you know, a bit terrible. But then I remember seeing it probably a couple of years ago around a friend's house again. And I thought, okay, maybe it's time to reevaluate this film. Had a really good time with it, really enjoyed it. Obviously, the, the third act is, the reveal isn't, you know, the, the twist isn't really a, a twist, I don't think. Um, and just like the way that the monster is kind of created as a little bit, I just got, thought oh, it was a bit cheesy, but you know, it's good fun. Um, in terms of like the three Wolverine movies that, that we have as part of this series, I'd probably say the, the one that we did last time is probably bottom of the pile. This one is like number two for me. And then obviously we have Logan, which is number one. Definitely I've, I, I've, I've got issues with the end of the last part of Logan as well, but, but oh, Logan yeah, no, is, yeah, I mean, it kind of falls a, away as well, Logan but just in terms better, of um, the way it's made and, and the plotting and, much, and the story is better as well. So much, much more emotive. I think I'm going to sort of start, start going into first thoughts because this, yeah, let's jump to it. You lead me directly into it because I was trying to, <laughs> no, because I was trying to think what's, what's my problem with this, right? So my baseline before I go any further is I like this film. I like it quite a lot, but something about it doesn't sit right with me and i keep thinking what is it and i think logan throws into relief what's wrong with this film i think all the way through they've been desperately trying to give the logan character a pathos that isn't really matched by what's on screen so you've got the fact he can't die here which is you know and it and it's like a curse but he never really lives like it's a curse not particularly uh, maybe a little bit at the start of the film, but that's thrown away in seconds. You know, he's living in the middle of nowhere, but that's more about the fact he killed the one he loves. But then the one he loved, we've been talking about that since the first film. I don't think they've earned this sort of this woman infecting his dreams. It, it's not it's never been sold as much more than an infatuation and perhaps a little bit of chemistry. And, and you can have chemistry with people, even slightly romantic chemistry, without ever having been involved with them or ever likely to be involved with them. So I think that is, I, I think it's the one thing that distances me from this film, that this whole thing about he can have his, he can have this dreadful curse taken away from him. Well, it's not a curse. The reason he's, he's a pe in pain at the start of the film is to do with G, right? But then the gene side of things has never wildly convinced me either. And and it's like some lost love. It's almost sold like they had, you know, it's, it reminds me of like Ricky Gervais's afterlife or something like they had 20 blissfully happy years together. And now he can't forge a life without her. And it's like, well, the truth is, the he's, he's never even slept with her. He's never even slept with her. Uh, and all right, well, sleeping with somebody's not every, any everything, but they've never... They've never even really spent any great appreciable time together on their own, as far as we can yeah. tell. Um, even, you know, they've never been on date. She was with someone else. He, that She never really looked like she was going to cheat on that guy with him or anything. She never really looked like she loved him. She, but like I said, there was a sparky energy. There was something. But that ain't everything. And again, I'm not talking about cheating or anything like that, because as a human being, I'd never do anything like that. But I fully understand that there are people out there in relationships who still have slightly sparky interactions with other people. And that's not criminal, but nor is it evidence that there's some great untapped love story there. So I think that's my problem with this film in a nutshell. It's telling a tale to further develop the Wolverine character using things that don't actually really develop him at all. Um, I've got real problems with that. And I'd be interested to see if you sort of saw that the same way, but as for the rest of it, I thought it was a very beautiful film. I mean, the the, the shot where he's, the, you know, that leads us into the final act where he's been shot at by all the arrows and stuff. That looks amazing. 
I think he's still very good in it. He he plays the pathos really well, even if it's a pathos that's not earned. I think there's something a little bit littlest fucking hobo or, you know, TV Incredible Hulk about him going from town to town and helping people. You know, he seems desperate to help this young Japanese woman and we're not really sold why. Um, not really. And then he sort of has a romantic fling with her that comes out of nowhere. So I don't know if that's the film trying to tell us that she's a surrogate for Jean because he sleeps with her and then he sort of sees Jean afterwards. So all of that's a bit confusing, but the action's very good. The bullet, the, we've had a few bullet train type sequences in the years. Uh, not always bullet trains, but, you know, Spider-Man 2 on the on the sort of subway. We've had spec, uh, Skyfall and, and several others. Uh, this is as good as any of them because it's the only one that's ever quickened by Pulse to watch. Um, Spider-Man 2, I responded to because I was finally seeing some Sam Raimi shots, which I didn't see in the first film. But it, it, it is a wildly overrated sequence. It just is. There's some great shots in it. But I, I actually thought, as an effective piece of action, this, this beats this. It certainly beats, obviously, Captain Marvel and other equivalents. Skyfall was a bit different because it was part of a multi-set-piece sort of opener to a film. But, uh, yeah, so very positive about two-thirds of it. I think it looks really good. I think this is, this is Hugh Jackman at his peak in the role, both in terms of his understanding of the role, but also physically. He's now at the stage that he's not drinking water for two days before action sequences, so he takes off his shirt and all you can see is see his sort of sinew. Um, and then it just sort of goes into a final act that pays off something I'm not that interested in in the first place, and it goes a, a little bit... It's like watching the third act of Thor, where unconvincing CG sort of uh, metal creature comes down and you're just like, oh, whatever. Um, but more positive than negative. I do like it. What about you guys? Uh, Becca, what's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. The first um, like the first time around, I kind of thought, oh, this is quite cool. Based in Japan, it, you know, it's a bit different. Um, and then, yeah, I was let down by the dodgy CGI at the end. And just kind of laugh my way through, and then it discovered it. Let's just make that clear: the CG is. It's a bit pants. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then obviously kind of left it alone for a little bit, and then as I say, watched it on a fence house many years ago. Um, sort of, I think we were having a bit of an X Men kick. I sort of reevaluated it, and yeah, I had a really good time by it. Um, I think by that time I'd seen some of the films that had um, that had been influenced by it as well, and got a bit more getting into Asian cinema a bit more, and um, certainly Japanese cinema, and recognising a bit more of the actors. Um, so that was quite good. I could say, oh, he was in so and so, and he was in so and so. So it's quite quite fun. So I got a bit, bit more out of it that way. Um, yeah, and pretty much the same again. Watching it this time around, that sounds like I've only ever seen it three times, but but there it is. Um, but you know, I had a really good time. As I say, there's lots to enjoy. Um, there's a lot more, as you say, kind of more like art, artistic kind of shots as, as you can spot as you're going through. Um, yeah, the sort of CGI monster at the end, you know, doesn't hold up. You have to kind of grit, grit your teeth a little bit and just think, oh, it's a bit. It's uh, not very, not very convincing. Um, they just kind of fall away a little bit. Um, but, but you know, for me, I still kind of, you know, I rank it a bit highly than, than what I used to. Um, and yeah, if I'm going to sort of rank the Wolverine movies one, two, and three, this is firmly in the in the second place for sure. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Had a good time. Um, and also, the Diamonds of Forever references it always gets a laugh, so that's quite good. So. I didn't know there was a pool down there. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a fun fact coming up. But yeah, I think that's one of my favourite lines just because it's quite funny. I mean, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Chris? It's odd because I, th- I think... Um, I, m- I remember like uh, reading like... So, you know, when the, when the Dino Day came out and they were like, anticipating like who could be like, you know, next Bond kind of thing. You, you, you always get like... You, and that, and Hugh Jackman was one of the 
And I remember that time. Nah, come on. Yeah, it, it's not going to be you, Jackman. Now, now thinking thinking about it, like you know, if he he could easily could have done it. I think he could, and he, he well, wouldn't have been a bad choice. You know, given Australians can always do British accents, and and whilst I fully respect the sovereignty of Australia, um, when you say oh, Bond has to be British, I tend to go, yeah, fair enough. I'll count from the United King, the British Isles, anyway. Then, yeah. so because I would, you know, Ireland is fine, but I kind of think Australia is fine as well because I, I the, the number Lazy of times in my life I found it they can. Yeah, but I mean, whether you like or hate Lane, Lane, as long as they're from the colonies, they can, they can always do British accents. Uh, the theory I've got on the whole mentioning Hugh Jackman is that I do think there's an element of you you look at Bonds relative to what you already have. So I think there was an element of there, there's a passing resemblance between Hugh Jackman in certain builds and Brosnan for similar hair and all the rest of it. And I think whereas now you get mentions of, you know, Dan Guest, Chris Hemsworth, Michael Fassbender, the slightly grittier ones that are maybe a little bit more like Daniel Craig. So, yeah. Well, I, it's, it's, I, they're different I kind of characters think. as well. And I think one's obviously is quite, I mean, it's quite physical. So you're meant to be kind of quite, I don't know. Well, you're just thinking, but, yeah. It's, 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 imagine it's Roger Moore doing this. <laughs> well, I know this is it, exactly. It's, it's one of those characters you think either he's, you know, he's, he's shredded like, like Daniel Craig or but probably, perhaps not to the degree that Wolverine is in this movie, um, which I think is probably like, the most ideal shape that Hugh Jackman would be in. He's in a tall chap movies. as well, isn't he? And, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a tall man. He's a tall um, chap as well. So, and he's you know he's got you know he's got charisma. He can do action. He, he, could, he could do you know he could do one line as well as you know and all, and all the rest of it. And I, and 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 I think and I think had he had he like had had say you know in alternate world had they gone like immediately his Hugh Jackman is is the new Bond. He could yeah you know, I, I think he could still be doing it and we won't be sort of we'd be like, yeah, he was kind of getting on a bit, but he can still do it. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I think even now, even as it, when he's looking older and a bit grizzled, he doesn't look that old. Do you know what I mean? He's still... My only problem with older Bonds is only when they carry on behaving like they're still, like, young. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not saying play him old, per se, but just have a bit grizzled as a fact of the character. You can still be attractive to women, but, like, it's unlikely 22-year-olds are going to shack you. Do you know what I mean? So that that was my only problem. It, it, it's fundamentally for me, whichever film you def- prefer, that's the difference between Octopussy and Never Say Never Again. Uh, uh, Roger Moore is in complete denial over his age and going, look, you tits, right? And at the same time, Ro- Sean Connery's character in his version is is like older and you, you don't really need me anymore. I'm just training, aren't I? Yeah. Mm. And that's the difference. So, yeah, could, could you have an older Bond? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. But it is you do have to either play down the womanising, make the womanising more age-appropriate, or just ignore it. And that's all. If yeah. you've still got someone behaving like, well, hey, look, young women, that's not going to work. <laughs> um, but, yeah, could, could Hugh Jackman have played Bond? Certainly around the sort of time of, uh, you know, Die Another Day or something, yes. Yes, if you could have. Yeah, he could easily talk us over at that point, but um, and yeah, but anyway, just it was just one of the thoughts that I had. Um, what what I mostly thought was, was rather than Bond was he actually he actually plays like a Clint Eastwood type a lot more. He's got the kind of gruff, grizzled, but really sort of sarcastic sort of you know underlined to him. You know, it's like very much like sort of dry one line. It's like you know, like uh, you know. Ask me where I found it, and then 
he, you know, he persuades the guy, he goes, oh, funny you should ask. Um, but, you know, the, 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 there's also a scene at the funeral as well, which I thought that is so Clint, which he kind of goes to, like, the um, the, the son of the guy who the guy whose funeral he, he's, he's attending. And it's like, so you have you have you know, I'd like to meet him, and he kind of tells him to, in you know, in certain terms, to fuck off, essentially. And he and he and he and he, and he, and he, and he tells him, well, anyone else you want me to meet? <laughs> I thought that's just <laughs> so Clint. <laughs> well, I thought he has that. That I could kind of see like that's almost like a dirty Harry kind of like really cynical humour. Like you imagine, you imagine like a Clint character from any number of his films yeah. were real, and you were in a bar and they dropped a one-liner like that, you'd think he was really sharp, but not be that comfortable to laugh, because, oh my yeah. God, he's quite hard. Yeah. And I just wish they played that up a little bit more with Bond sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's, 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 I, think, I, think, I think that's something that, you know, Hugh Jackman doesn't sort of typically get to do, but he does it so well. Which is why I think he, you know, he, he's, he's really good at doing action stuff, which always tends to be Wolverine, but you know, really, he you know he's really good at that. He's kind of like an untapped yeah. in that way. Um, but aside from that, uh, I think I, I'm, I I largely enjoy this film. I think the the only problem is, and I'm not I'm not too down on the ending, which kind of like goes into the st- typical like you know like superhero type 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 of thing. I kind of understand why. But at the same time, I think m- most of my um, misgivings is it doesn't go all the way. Because the good thing about uh, this uh, this one is is it doesn't sort of treat us like you know with kid gloves. It you know it it, it kind of like treats everyone like like adults, and it gets on. It tells like an adult story. But I think well, a I think you're completely right about the dream gray. I think it actually just leave that. Could edit all those dream sequences out, and we won't. I won't lose anything. I, 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 you know, in, in certain ways, we kind of like we already get he's a loner. Yeah, he probably wants to be left alone. That's kind of part of his character. You know, he's kind of like you know, he, you know he's a he's he's a soldier looking for a mission, or, or looking for or, or looking for purpose. I, I think we wouldn't have. We don't really need the, the genes dream sequences because I think we could like, literally edit that out of the movie and we won't lose anything because we kind of get that about the character anyway you know we don't need to have like um an explanation about oh he's quite the look like you know he's he's in pain over a lost love it's like well you know he's a loner he's a he's a drifter type character anyway you know we 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 could we you know i mean we we would just accept that he's out in the wilderness and now we'd be like yeah all right well yeah yeah, we we'd all just accept that because it, it it makes yeah it doesn't have to be some pain and a, a, with a redemption arc of him going back to being more of a quote unquote you know helper stroke soldier figure yeah. at the end. I don't think that really gives the film anything, particularly as next time we see him, yes, he's on a mission, but the time after that, he's he's kind of years later in retirement anyway, or semi uh, sort of retirement. Yeah, so it it just it just doesn't need doesn't it's not required at this point. Um, so there's that. There's also the the thing about losing his powers, which I think is a really good idea, putting Wolverine in that position. But at the same time, it kind of doesn't go all the way. It doesn't sort of. I mean, he still he still gets shot and things like that, and he just kind of 
he doesn't have any serious injury. He just kind of he can't, just kind of falls down and feels a bit ooh a bit I'm a bit out of it this time around. And I yeah, just the think... wounds aren't healing as well, but he's still not reacting like a human being who's just been shot. We know that. Yeah, and I think that there's, I think there was like I, I think you, you lost something. I think you should have you could have gone all the way uh, with that. You could have like oh like oh my god I'm vulnerable, you know and. You know, and I keep remember, I keep, and I always think about the first first movie where uh, Rogue asks him about whenever he claws comes out, and she, you know, she says, "Oh, does it hurt?" He goes, "Every time." And I think, well, it, you know, in in this instance, you could have played back on that, which, like, you know, his wounds aren't healing from when his claws come out. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, it, so shouldn't that shouldn't that be really painful? Yeah, and that, and, and, and that, that could add though, so much gravitas, so much like, oh my god, there's so much going on there, so much like, kind of like, wow, this is kind of, you know, uh, you know, I'm kind of like worried, you know, he's like, he's like, he's on the run trying to protect this girl, and people are at, and people after it, and, and he's vulnerable, you know, he, he can't sort of go and hunt, you know, so there's there, there's that to that, and and I think the kind of they missed a trick by not going all the way, um, and then and, and, and sort of like the very end, of course, when he gets his powers and whatnot. But I, I, I kind of felt like it, it, it didn't, it couldn't, it felt a little bit toothless, a little bit. It could, it could have gone all in, and I think it would have been better for it. Um, you yeah, know. I mean, it, it's fair to say you and I, at times, have had conversations about this series, and I. We've never gone into it deeply, but you've always said to me they just didn't quite commit. It, it's good, but my God, it could have been so much better. Yeah, you know, and I, 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 I just thinking like sort of like you know being on the train and like looking at his hands and it's like the actively got gaping wounds in there, thinking ain't you know like reeling in pain from it. It could have added so much to that character, like you know, um, but. And I think the bottom line as well, let's be honest, is uh, none of this is wildly necessary. No. And I think, you know, with, with comic books, you can do a one shot anytime you like and then go back to the, the main comic the following week or do it as a mm. side thing. You're only going to get going to get one X-Men film in a given year. And whilst I think this is absolutely fine and I, I kind of enjoy it, I just think like... It's a, it, is it a story that we really needed? Had this not been here, mm-hmm. would our understanding of Wolverine be any different in the two films that follow? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, you know, I always kind of think when he gets the bone claws out again towards the end, it's like, well, okay, but what's that mean? It kind of gets ignored by, by the time we get to the next film. It's almost like sets up, like, in a Days of Future Past, or no kind of way to kind of like get the audience used to having bone claws in the next film, Cause... which doesn't happen as we'll get to next week. But so, that's the continuity of the yeah, series all over. So... In fact, one of, one of the things that excited me about the Sting at the end was I don't think I thought about it this way at the time, but when I think back on it, I think it was the promise of some proper continuity that, like, oh wow, what we've just seen totally sets up next week, and then when you get to next week. There's no explanation for any of it, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not tally, tied down the ending, but you know, having said that, you know, Hugh Jackman's great as always. You know, it, 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 it's a better plot, it's a better story. You know, it, it does the thing that I said with the previous Wolverine film, which was just 
just fucking do like you know a, a different story i mean this is, this is like exactly what they should have done the first time around quite frankly i do agree with that because a, a spin-off for everything i've just said a spin-off doesn't absolutely have to be sort of in continuity or anything i'm just saying I'm just saying that you're clearly trying to do a bit of character development on on this guy here, and I'm not sure that it actually serves any purpose really. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 more of an adult story. It's you know it's uh, it's different setting as well. Um, so you know, it, and and it isn't too mutant heavy. You know, I mean, yes, you have like obviously Wolverine, and you have Viper and all the rest of it, but it isn't it isn't sort of focused particularly on like. Oh look at that! Look, there's no person with mutant powers. Oh, there's mutant powers here. Well, you know, do you know what I mean? It's largely like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, the, 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 well, the, well, the, of the villains, it turns out actually wants his powers. It's not like a, um, yeah, but but most but most of the, the villains are kind of human, so it is just. It most... does have a tendency in that last act to go look at these cool mutant powers though, rather yeah. than like having real organic use. Yeah. But, um, but you know, but then you know, there's like various villains with different motives as well, which um, you know, which which I which I do appreciate. Um, the only other thing I would say is like also it kind of missed a trick with you, you think, oh my god, Wolverine and facing off load of ninjas, and the sequence you get in the theatrical cut is very disappointing. Um, yeah. And you're thinking like, oh my god, they're gonna have a big, huge, bloody battle. If Wolverine going at it with like like a load of ninjas, that'd be cool as fuck, and mm. and it like and it's over before you fucking know it. Uh, and if you actually caught, you get a bit more in the extended one. You know, you get like some nice sort of, you know, um, what what's called like sort of like you know snow grinder device. You yeah, few, yeah. You know, and he's yeah. like, he had a lot of guts. <laughs> <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get you get that get that almost but even even then you kind of feel like oh there was a load of ninjas there and you, you know i mean i know i know it's kind of childish but at the same time it's like come on <laughs> come on <laughs> why wouldn't you just go yeah, all in if, if, if we didn't respond to things being quote unquote cool we wouldn't be watching these types of films yeah so no i mean that that's all fine so yeah, I, I think the the bottom line on all of this for me is it's a really really mixed bag that I respond to positively overall, and and uh, it, it's got nothing in it that puts it down with like the really really terrible X Men films. So yeah, or positive in general. But... Yeah, it's it it it's good. Just it's it, yeah. I kind of want to say it's good, but could have been better. Absolutely, very much. Yeah, very much. Okay, um, I guess we're there then. Shall we discuss this film sequentially? Yes. So, um, where do we start? We'll start in uh, Hiroshima, don't we? It, or Nagasaki. I don't know which one it is. I can never remember. Which, I can never notice if they actually name check which it is. But it's one of those bombs in Japan's at the end of World War Two. And um, Logan appears to be a prisoner of war. And there's a young Japanese officer there who will come to know as Yoshida. And sort of B-29 bombers are appearing. It is Nagasaki. I'm, I'm actually, I must admit, I am looking at the synopsis here. It's Nagasaki. Mm. So there's air raids and Wolverine is sort of down in a pit, isn't he? Yeah. And he says to that guy, you best get down here. Yeah, there's, there's no sign of Victor, so don't tell you where he is. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I don't know. They were fighting together. Vic, Victor's been completely forgotten about. But there you go. Yeah, he's like, there's, there's, there's no running from this. Um, and you got like the other um, uh, soldiers all committing Harry Carry, um, doing their like you know ritual suicide. Yeah, she yeah, about to, but he can't bring himself to do it. Yeah, and he jumps down. Wolverine sort of covers them both with some sort of sheet of metal mm. or covers him with some sheet of metal and takes sort of what comes down there from the blast and Yoshida gets a look at him sort of being burnt and sort of regenerating and doesn't Hugh Jackman sell the pain he's in here mm. yeah yeah like burnt a crisp um, it really does now the only thing, I know it's a film but the only thing that caused me thought, instantly thought was like radiation now surely all out all out, yeah. Surely, oh, yeah, like, I mean, I know they mention it. He says, like, don't go up because of the, you know, I have to stay down here because of the radiation. Yeah, but it sounds like they stay down there a few hours, doesn't it? Yeah. Does it's... it disappear in a few hours? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought. I wondered the same as well. I was like, well, what's the time passage of time but, here? I was like, hmm. but surely the radiation would leak, would leak in down that hole, surely. Like... No, you had a sheet of metal, Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There are a few plot holes. I mean, even though I did enjoy this film, it's just one of those things there. Though, quite, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like any movie. It's not 100% perfect. Well, apart from Back to the Future and certain other films, but it's not 100%. Most but most yeah, there's fun. still, yeah. you know, it's still a little bit like, mm, or, or didn't quite do the it research. Did bother me. But... Um, whilst it wasn't film breaking, I've constantly talked through this series about the sort of overarching laziness of this series you know with the studio and when things don't make sense in that old Orsie and Kurtzman file it's like I just yeah there are quite a lot of they won't know it'll be all right and I did feel that about this at the time I was like well cut away from it you know what I mean Uh, he survived in the pit and we wouldn't have to think about fallout because next time we see Wolverine it's present day and we find that guy survived we have no idea how they stayed down there or what food they got or whatever we it might still cross our minds but he got out a few hours later. The place is still smouldering. Yeah. But not to worry. He has basically saved a young Japanese officer who offers him a sword. And he says, keep hold of it for me, Bob. Yeah, I'll be back for that. I'll be back yeah. for that one. Yeah, I'll be back. And that's uh, it. Which, so, of course, yeah. he won't be because he would have forgotten about, he would have gotten everything. Again, another plot hole. I think from from next week, yeah. um, when it comes to do from Days of Future Past onwards, there it is plot holes galore, especially because it gets a bit wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. But I think we'll just have to like but hold think, our breath and just. <laughs> I'm I'm less bad with it when we. I mean, Apocalypse is dreadful. It might, it's probably the worst film in the series. Yeah, Apocalypse. Yeah, but I would agree. It's pretty bad. There, it depends what the inconsistency is, of course. I mean, there are certainly two inconsistencies in that film that I think. There's a big casting inconsistency. Well, let me say for yeah, there are. But when you think about what, um, for example, Angel in Apocalypse, it's like well, I know it's a different timeline, but presumably the kid was born at the same time. Yeah, he's a mm. completely different fucking age. Yeah, um, that's the main one I'm getting at. I'm thinking, um, and, and also, if Pre- Pre- Professor Xavier has only encountered Apocalypse in that version of the timeline, why is Patrick Stewart bald? <laughs> so yeah, I, there, I do have I do have big problems with it, and it does it does bother me because particularly with Apocalypse as well, it's still Brian Singer. And he will have gone straight from Days of Future Past into production on it. And he actually shits on things from the end of the previous film. So, And the effects are not that great as well, I 
Apocalypse um, or not, no. I just there think I've got to run. When we get to that film, I'm just going to be like, oh my God, 10 minute round coming up. I've seen a picture, I think I remember seeing a shot of one of those storage ships, you know, where you got the big crates on them. Mm. Like, uh, And that it looked horrific. Yeah. And I've, I've not rewatched it. So, yeah, the, okay, the best thing so about Apocalypse, was, though, is like the is the the end reveal of like the, the trailer, for which it kind of reveals that, oh, he, Professor Rex, he's bold in this one. <laughs> it starts to make go. Oh, I can't wait up. to see that. There's nothing more exciting for young cinema goers than a bald man. And a baldy guy. See so how a man that. loses his hair. Yeah. Oh my oh, God! Gosh. They're going. They're going to tell that story. <laughs> then you get there. Okay, and, then, then you get there and find the film's forty years long, and he just like loses it organically. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so when when. Logan was shot in the head in 1979. He forgot everything except <laughs> Yashida because this meant so much to him. Um, so, yeah, that was really, really shit. I mean, you could just say maybe they just flat out just ignored Wolverine Origins. Okay. You could, just, you could just say that maybe they just flat out ignored Wolverine Origins and just... So yeah, uh, Yoshida. Just so we recognise him, this sort of ah, uh, just off the point. I, I was t- I went to see the Suicide Squad last night, and when I was writing a review of it today, I was reminded of the original Suicide Squad, or I had to make some likenings. And you remember with Suicide Squad, how you kept getting flashbacks to things that had happened ten minutes before, just in case you'd forgotten. I love the idea they've got to give Yoshida a little um, burn on the cheek so we recognise him when he's an old man. <laughs> Isn't that yeah. pathetic? Cheesy, cheesy. Yeah. So, Logan awakes in the modern day and he's in bed with Famke Jansen. And she crushes him between her thighs, film over. <laughs> yeah, Zenya uh, on your top. But again, that just absolutely underlines, undermines my last point because I said, all right, he's got a selective memory loss. But she actually says to him, what dream is it this time? And she says, Nakasaki. Like... The guy, again, it's trying to sell He had a dream curse. within a dream. I think it's the fact that he's got this curse of such a long life with all the pains you would get in such a long life. You think of the people that die around you in your life. Multiply that by like eight plus wars. But it implies that he has dreams of all the different pains he's seen. So again, X-Men Origin Wolverine's just been written out really. So Nagasaki, and he's having bad dreams every night, and Logan's like, I love you, and she's like, I love you too. <laughs> what are we going to do? Sorry, that was brief encounter. Um, yeah, so... Brief year encounter. And then we've got... <laughs> yeah, even more brief encounter. Then he Didn't try a good squeeze. Then he sort of stabs her, and, she's, and then he screams, and he wakes, and he's living, he's living as Grizzly Adams. Yeah, he does look a bit like that, doesn't? He? Yeah. Yeah. So he's. I'm a lumberjack. He's in Canada, but I've looked this place up. It's you know he's he's hanging around like sort of like the, the wilderness in Canada somewhere. Yeah, and basically, what's happened since the last stand? He's kind of shut himself away. Uh, hasn't bothered to shave, or I don't know what this is about, right? He's decided to shut himself away. He's quite hairy anyway. Because he killed people. And it's like, but if you kill people and decide, I best shut myself away, you think for extra safety, I won't cut my hair or have any, sh- uh, any showers <laughs> for or anything? extra safety, I won't look like... <laughs> the people won't come near me then because I smell. Because he stinks and he's... 
he's no, drinking he's... loads and all that kind of thing. So then we see... He was doing the um, self-isolation before it was a thing. Yeah, and he sees a bear, which I'm assuming is CG, but this effect is all right. The bear looks okay on the small screen. And I think generally, I think the effects in this one were generally kind of okay. It's just like the the monster at the end. I just kind of feel it just it falls down. I don't know what it is. I think it's. I mean, obviously, you know, various visual effects studios worked very hard on this film, but I think it just doesn't bad quite CG have just, doesn't quite have that finesse. Yeah, bad think. CG just loses texture. So even with like something reflective it, it it just literally looks like the t1000 or something in terms of the mirroring on the mm. it wasn't good but there's a, there's a bit here with he sees like this grizzly bear and then a bit later he sees the bear like in pain um and it's been shot with like a poisoned mm. arrow rifle whatever it was poisoned up um, yeah it was an arrow and... um which is elite which is like he makes a point of it saying it's illegal like it. It, it, it's poison. And, 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 didn't, and didn't he mention? I, I, you know, I'm sure it was like a line, like, like he, because um, I'm not sure you see it, but then he said like, oh, he dra- drives the bear crazy and actually killed a few people while it was like wriggling in pain. And... Yeah, killed killed something like six people, but it's not only mm. that; it's just that you didn't even put it out of its yeah. pain. So you've caused six deaths, but it's mainly symbolism in shit. Wolverine is like a wounded animal, mm. and he empathizes. Um, yeah, it kind of comes to the point home though. I think it's a bit, it's a bit on the nose. Yeah, so he goes and basically goes all Clint Eastwood in a bar. Yeah, and then this young sort of Japanese w- woman steps in and says, um, shows the sword which Wolverine remembers with his fully intact memory, mm. <laughs> and she says something like, uh, "Don't worry about these guys. Three of them are going to die in the same car next week. So they've got like a." They've got. She's got the get. Uh, her mutation is foresight, basically. <clears throat> That's a gift of foresight. And um, yeah, she's been sent by Yoshida, who's basically dying. We think of cancer. I don't know if she says cancer per se, but that's what he's dying of. Fallout, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Metal sheet didn't do its job, and he wants to see Logan. It's, 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 it's finally. Uh, it's finally happened. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in, in a deeply heartrending um, moment of reflection, Logan says, "No, oh, all right then." With <laughs> really sells his dilemma, yeah. doesn't it, Chris? Like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not going to go. Oh, go on then. Fine. <laughs> Fine then. Fine, oh, but I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> I'm going to complain yeah. the entire way. So they fly to Tokyo. I'll be rolling and, my yeah. eyes for the entire flight. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they've got, he's got an oncologist there and a granddaughter. And uh, they, they have to shower him uh, because then men come first, Becca. <laughs> well, sometimes not at all. No. Um, um, well, yeah, it's, yeah, we kind of get like a little bit of a schooling in like Japanese culture and that as well, don't we? About how it's very much like very kind of um oh god what's the word i'm looking for like a masculine sort of patriarchal society and that sort of thing so he basically gives him the sword and says you're, you're here he's got to be showered first i think they don't want to give him an infection or something and he's not and happy he says, about that take... he's like now, no he doesn't like it bear in mind this he's not seen wolverine in about 70 years mm. and in fact if this is set right before days of future past it's probably more like 80 years because if you think about it the next film's set in like 2023 or something oh, that's but true. anyway, yeah, so it's but anyway right 
or it was two years after, so maybe 2022. Does I'm sure they haven't thought about that. So if we imagine this was present day when it was being made, this is like 68 years after, and he says, "I'm going to take you know this terrible curse away from you." What evidence has he got? It's a curse. Logan might be living an amazing life, going, "Yeah, I just move on, do whatever I want, and nothing ever happens to me." Well, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, Logan could be like, you know, I fucking love this. What are you on about? I'm not giving this up. I'm enjoying this right now. I'm completely alone. Yeah. Anyway, so they're going to make him mortal, and he wants to fly home and. What else? And he, and he, yeah, so he, he he says no. We we kind of get introduced to like the daughter or the granddaughter and and and, and the son who, you know, because he not only that he, he he plays up the fact that he's concerned. He he, he wants to be alive because he wants to be around to protect his granddaughter because uh, his son is a bit of a wrong one. Yeah, um, and and there's a bit of stuff uh, interaction with with him and his son saying like. Um, I'm not going to leave you the company, even though because while you've been running it for the past few years, like I've I've not been impressed or like or something along those lines. You've you, you you've done a shit job, quite frankly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that you know the the there's the stuff along the like so there's like you know building up like potential like motive for like the son kind of wanting the company for himself, kind of kind of thing. Um, yeah, but hang on a bit. Who's playing his son? Uh, it is um, uh, it is. I'm not. I'm not going to know. Hiroko Sananda. Hasn't he got a background of playing villains? Uh, he well, he was recently in Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. Um, I'm just looking through his filmography now because I know that guy. There's no doubt, and I've seen a fair bit of Asian cinema. He, he had he, Hiroyuki Sanada. He, yeah, he's been in quite a few he things. Played, he played a bit, kind of playing shady or villainous characters. He played a bit part in um, Avengers Endgame. He was in that um, space film called Life. Um, he was recently in um, Army of the Dead. I'm looking back through because I just thought he screamed villain to me. But he, I mean, he, he does. But I'm looking back to see where I'm getting that from because I can't see an awful lot of evidence from it. <laughs> Maybe it's in films I've forgotten I've seen or something like that. I don't know. He's going to be in John, John Wick Chapter 4. so He is. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. He's also in Rush Hour 3, so he's probably the, the villain in that as well. Um, <laughs> Sunshine, he was in Sunshine, so he's been... The Last Samurai, oh. he was in that. Minions. <laughs> <laughs> Minions yes. movie. He was in the last time you arrived. That's probably where I got it from. That's anyway, what it was, yeah. I, I think but then any, anyone and everyone's in the last samurai movie. You know, there's going to be a power struggle here as part of this somehow. Mm. And I think, to be fair, when I'm when it, when um, the guy is playing with concepts of mortality and taking Wolverine's gift away from him or curse or whatever you want to call it, um, I think we're it's pretty obvious where we're going here. He's trying to get an unending life, and his sons are wrong. Mm. He d- he does. Look, uh, he, he has the the look of a villain though as well, doesn't he? Like you look at him, thinking, yeah, he could be a bad, yeah, he could be a bad guy. Yeah, he looks like a corporate fraudster actually, more than a sort of yeah. <laughs> violent villain. But, but yeah, okay. So what? Where do we go from then? Because he he dies fairly soon after this, doesn't he? So yeah, there's you know um, the granddaughter we like, the dream. tries to commit suicide. Uh, Logan stops her. 
Um, there's, you know, says, I'll let you see my willy. Go on. <laughs> so there's, there's that. Um, and yeah, so he ends up dying, and um, um, what's the name? The is it uh, Yukio? Yeah. Uh, she, she met. Yeah, well, she has one foresight. She's like, I didn't foresee that. You know, which is, which to her amazement, but you know, it's kind of a bit of a. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's it's foreshadowing because, well, let's not say. Uh, is there anyone who's not seen the film who's listened to us so far and can't work out exactly what's going to happen? In the rest <laughs> yeah. Of the film? Yeah. Um, not in de- not in like detail. No, no one's going to guess set pieces, but you can tell basically where this is going to go. Although, having said that, there is the re- the reveal in the third act isn't a reveal, but I was surprised the film went that sort of sci-fi all of a sudden. But there you go. Um, so he dreams of Jean again, and mm-hmm. then they're like, "I'm making love," and then it turns out to be suddenly it's the oncologist, and she sort of sticks her tongue down the throat, although it looks like a snake's tongue yeah. or something and then you see like a green vapor coming out mm-hmm. and then he sort of passes out and the next thing you know he's um he's all, it, it, yeah it kind of plays like a dream like it's a dream at first mm. you know the you know the uh dr green um who is like every time he dream every time every time he dreams of like some woman or he's doing it with some woman it always has to go through several different versions doesn't it he's never happy with what he's got. he always he always has to wake up with his claws out as well <sighs> Yeah, you just think like you'd sleep in a separate room. If you were in a relationship with him, you'd do whatever you want to do of an evening, mm. and then you'd say, "I'll see you in the morning." You, you put you put you put on some corks in the ends of your claws, wouldn't you? Just to kind of like <laughs> corks, just like stop that. Oh, right. the, say, say the same. Put some like yeah, rubber stuff on yeah. or something like that. The woman feels something prodding into her back, and she's like, "Not now, love. Well, come on." And then she looks around, <laughs> and like, oh, he's, I'll have to go to A and E because he scratches. Yeah, cork there. Oh god! Mm. <laughs> you know you can um, have someone's eye out, can't you? Anyway, um... <laughs> mind you, ramming a cork into it wouldn't do it any good. Oh, no, true, but um... so then we go to the funeral, which again is beautiful, really mm. nice to look at, and um, Shingo he's called, isn't he? The, the son, he's like yeah. telling him to go home, and then what? We suddenly got like it's attacked by like an archer. Yeah, to, not Anna. yeah, so the Yakuza gangsters Anna. basically sort of try to give. When I say Anne Archer, I don't mean the female lead from the Harrison Ford uh, Jack, Jack Ryan films. I don't mean Anne Archer. I mean one Archer. Like you know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a guy, and not so subtle because there's a shot right where like when Logan Wright spots him, and it's like clear as day. It's not like discreet at all. He's like it's clearly a guy like on the roof. Yeah, it's not like, oh, wonder what that is. They've got some strange cultures here, and then back to the funeral. <laughs> it's like, clearly, guy, like, sort of... <laughs> yeah, so, like... Um... So, yeah, so he's protecting um, Monaco from um, the Yakuza. Uh, Wolverine gets first gets shot, and he's like, ooh, what's that? I, this, this, this is a bit... This has not happened before. I'm a bit taken out. Um, it's hurt. It's hurting a bit more, and blood's running. Mm. Um, I, yeah. Again, could could have been more. I mean, he can still run like an Olympic athlete. Yeah, so. he can still fight and kill people, and it's just ignored. But yeah. Um, yeah, but he will sort of go. Ooh, occasionally. It's like, oh, I'll 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 be hazy for five seconds, and then I'll get back up. 
Yeah, I'll look like it's a bit warm. Yeah. Yeah, it's Sounds like, brilliant. Um, yeah, so it's, it's gone from not being an issue to being like a mild inconvenience to uh, to quote. Yeah, which I think to, to quote the, the, uh, the, as viewers, the pitch we... that's got us all terrified. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> so anyway, the whole point is they, they, they uh, kidnapped the granddaughter, Mariko. Yeah, well, they try to, um, yeah. And basically Logan gets her away and we're straight into the... Um, Bullet train, really? Yeah, so she, yeah, so she she goes like, no, I'm gonna go straight home. Th- thanks for your help, Tar, and um, and and Logan decides to, to come with. And yeah. yeah, Yakuza get on the train. He has a fight with them. You have whole whole sequence there, and then they get off. Well, the sequence I mean, is it, pretty good. Yeah, because it, it moves, it quite moves fast. Because you got like you know the action scene with the funeral, and you come straight to that, straight to the, the bit on the train. So you have a little bit of a pause, and you go like, oh my god, there's another fight. So it's moved along, you know, quite nicely. Well, it's a pretty good sequence because you got him sort of. They're trying to dodge sort of overhead mm. signs. He's trying to sort of. They're, they're both trying to grab sort of hold of the train with knife and claws, respectively. <laughs> We're underselling it here. It's an outstanding set piece. But we do have very little um, background of mm. what we're watching. We don't really. I, I was about to say we don't know why they're taking Mariko, but it's his granddaughter. It's pretty obvious. It's like, well, she's going to be sole beneficiary then, isn't she? Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah. I'm talking myself into not liking this. Well, 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 no. I mean, you know, there's. You don't have to like everything be. A, a mystery, do you? And at the same time, not everything is revealed. We don't know the ins and outs exactly, yeah, okay. but we know that, like you know, there's bad guys and they're they're trying to get at her, or yeah. you know. So, but they end up with him, sort of. They end up at this, uh, well, basically, this hotel, sex yeah. hotel. Uh, he stands outside, sort of watching out to sort of protect her in sort of T two style. Yeah, so he's on the mission. They're on the um, mission to Mars, technically. Um, yeah. And then, um, then basically, as she's sleeping, um, he sort of imagines Jean again and uh, passes out. And then later on, he's sort of being stitched up by a vet. Yeah, because um, because they get, they get attacked, don't they? And then, um, um, so he he fights off some more yakuza, but like um, gets gets beaten down, and she comes in with some knives because we we find out that that's one of her skills; she can throw knives well. Yeah. Which will come in later on towards the end. Um, yeah. So yeah, she he's getting stitched up by that. Um, and I think it's fair to say we're probably already through the best bits of the film because it all gets a bit weird and plotty now. You got this um, oncologist stroke lizard trying to sort of find. I don't know. She's yeah, she meets up the guy who's the archer, um, who we later find out is. Um, uh, Miyako's child, yeah, best friend. So they're like he's protecting her, but obviously yeah. there's something else going on that, like you know, they you know they want like, um, um, you know, so, so she's so she, she reveals that oh I've weakened Logan, so he shouldn't be a problem. So th- there's yeah. something else going on um, as to what we don't know. Um, and they go back to and they get we find Logan. Um, we look at it. Um, uh, Ichigo's 
old house. So this is like obviously his original house that they probably like grew yeah. up in. Um, so that basically we have like a bit of character development, you know, like romance kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And you learn that not to stick chopsticks sticking up in rice because it resembles funerals, which I didn't know. What is that a funeral where the dead man's got an erection? I think it's I think it's meant to represent like incense, you know, like sort of sense, like sort of. Oh, I thought you meant like the rice was the ground and the chops in the middle. That's a naughty funeral, Dave. Yes. One last screw. One anyway. Screw. <laughs> ah, pain face. All right. So then what? Um. And so. Yeah, basically they, they they get Marco gets taken. Um, uh, Yaki uh, shows up uh, and and sort of and and finds Logan because uh, um, you know there's there's another action sequence now. So, but yeah, but basically they they go both go back to basically where they came from, essentially <laughs> back to the whole place to find Miloko um, because they uh, they obviously they. Right, so in so in plot terms, this is basically uh, Fury Road. First half of the film, run away. Second half of the film, yeah. run back. So, and and we're coming up to basically like the um, the Bond homage because they what we got mentioned is Maliko is actually engaged to like a politician, so she has like some, um, she has some access to political power. But it, as it turns out, like this this guy is actually in cahoots with her father. Yeah. Who um, is like sort of doing some shady business with the yeah uh, So we we yeah, we find out that um, well we find him kind of like you know with with a couple of prostitutes sort of like you know sort of naked in panties and, and whatnot. Um, so um, yes, we have the scene. But, but PG thirteen naked. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we, yeah, Wolverine, you know, throws him off, and he's like, "How do you know there's a pool? I didn't know there was one." <laughs> yeah. So feels a bit busy work, but okay, I suppose it's selling. They're all still in danger. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. Meantime, we have uh, Yaksa to, like delivered back to Milka, um, back to her father, who in turn end up getting or attacked by a bunch of ninjas. And they take yeah. Malako. So everything's all right. Um, with with Viper. Uh, so he it basically could have let her when when they ran away on the train. He might as well just let her get kidnapped. He wouldn't have had to travel so far, save a bit of money on public transport, and the film would be quicker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. You could have just done that. You could have just wait wait at home after the funeral and just. Have you had your army of ninjas to sort of deal with everything? <laughs> they, have they made love yet? Yeah. Oh, they, they, they made love at the house, yes. Yeah. Had a bit of romance. Okay. Yeah. And then he said another woman's name all night afterwards, which, <laughs> was, uh, was, which was nice of him. Didn't Never tries to cover it by saying he was like, obviously dreaming, he was looking for his jeans. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I was, I was thinking that David Bowie song, you know, the Gene Gene. Um, so, yeah, so Wolverine. Yeah, so we must say also, um, uh, what is it? Yukio um, 
has stated that she has envisioned Wolverine's dead, uh, death, and it's like with him with his yeah. heart out, you know. Yeah, heart in his hand. Yeah, and she's sort of right. Yes, because he sort of kind of dies, but yeah. Um, so anyway, they're back at Yashida's estate now, aren't they? And she, they, they're doing various scans on him because all of that medical equipment was there for their very rich sort of elderly relative. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find that Mariko would be inheriting everything. And we also find that he's got some kind of, it almost looks like a spider mm. on his heart. And it's it, it's what she's put into him to inhibit his powers. Yeah, because there was two, wasn't there? There was two, like, kind of robotic Spider, he notices that they're not there, so he's like, oh, hang on. This might be inside me that might be making me weaker. Yeah. So. Which is quite an impressive uh, thing. Um, yeah, so he, he gets in the, the kind of like, you know, the operating chair with the X-ray. Yeah. Yeah, and basically um, he's he's basically doing a Paul Bettany in like Master and Commander and operating on himself whilst watching the screen. I still haven't seen Master Commander. I do need to watch it. It's brilliant. Yeah. But there is a, he's the only surgeon on board this ship, so it's, at some point he gets caught by some sort of shrapnel or something, and he has to take it out himself with, like, a mirror. Um, yeah. It's pretty, and, it, and it is, yeah. It, it really does feel like what life must have been like back then on those ships. But um, it's worth seeing. So something goes wrong with the technology with all the fighting, so he can't see what he's doing, so he's basically just feeling inside himself with claws. Yes, because uh, uh, I think it turns out that he, no, think he isn't dead from like the poison biro, and um, there's a bit of a, a samurai fight, um, like well, a fight with samurai swords while he's like you know trying to get the thing out um, and trying to protect Logan from you know getting his head cut off essentially. Um, and he kind of comes alive just in time like he starts like you know obviously he manages to take the thing out and he's back to old indestructible uh, Logan and um, yeah so he at one point he says he does die temporarily he does die temporarily yeah yeah he's like you know it, it does it, it does you know, heart, the heart stops but obviously, but not only does he heal, but everywhere he sort of had stitches earlier in the film start to heal mm-hmm. as well. So he's he's back, he's back, he's back with his full skill set. And, and yeah, so he's gonna then it's gonna not kill the guy because he said um, well, he tried to kill your door, trying to live for that, and then he decided not to, so he just kills him anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know, even though it's like it's like it's like, dude, what? You, why are you even bothering? Um, it's like you know he's trying trying to have like a sword fight with him. It's like it's like what's this going to achieve? <laughs> You've just seen him heal. It's like what are you going to do? Like cut him a few times and go. Oh, all right, that's not worked, does it? Yeah. It's it's a pretty good fight. Yeah. That it, it's physically quite good. And on the big screen, I just remember thinking, my God, look how remember Hugh Jackman back in the first film and look at him now. And he looked, you, you were right, he looked fine in the first film, but this guy is seriously committed at this point. Mm. He's ripped. Uh, what else do we want to say at this stage? Basically, he is killed, isn't he? Not Wolverine, the other guy. Yeah, yeah. the, uh, the, the son. Um, so we, we then go to... 
we then figure they then figure out where where they're being cut, uh, held in this like sort of village with this like you know new complex is like this new development they were building. Oh, they should have just stopped after the trip there because the trip there's really cool when they get there it's crap what with the oh. uh, the snow and the um the snow and them shooting at him and, and, and ninjas you know, and him, like oh, it just looks really good yeah so this is kind of like a bit that's been extended in the extended cut depending on which version you you may watch i'm not sure if i've even seen the extended cut for the sake of brevity earlier i went yeah okay agreeing that there was something different in it but what's different uh it's just more extended fights but basically there's uh the stuff with like basically a snowplow and you see a couple of um uh, ninjas get um thrown in so essentially they're all trying to detain him um viper beforehand gives um what's the chap's name the archer's name it's um it's uh i've forgotten this name to be honest with you but yeah um it gives him um a sort of like poison arrow that helps slow him down essentially like will knock him out harada yeah i've just found it harada um and and at first he's like, no, nah, we don't need that. You know, we can take him out. Still thinking that he's still weak, um, yeah. but it turns out he's not. So, but um, but but yeah, but essentially, um, the, it's just basic stuff. The the snowball, the the, the you know, the, the explodes it, and you just get more a bit more fighting. So you get a bit more of your, of your money's worth. But um, there's something but about the the of him still still trying to get forward while all these sort of like shots are in him mm. and they're trying to pull him back that sort of plays on the imagery of him as a sort of martyr yeah you know like, and that's I, I, that's very like shogun-y type you, you see that in those, in those type of films don't you with like everything's all maxed out like all these arrows you know shot several times yeah. still trying to get, get to where they're going so uh, the arrows have been dipped in this venom, though, so he's weakened and he does pass out eventually, and then he's inside the facility for the mm. final act of the film, which I really don't like. I've loved everything till now. Well, loved is too strong. I've enjoyed everything till now, but this film goes utterly to shit in the last half an hour. Yeah, well, with the Silver Samurai. Yeah. Now, it turns out, big shock, the old man's still alive. And he's inside. Well, we don't know he's inside this samurai. It turns out he's a he, he's a bloody wrongun. It, oh. Yeah. So. It, Which is odd because, like at the beginning of the film, he was like he was a nice guy who was like willing to like free prisoners and be was, was kind to him. Apparently, he's like you you were kind to him. And now you're grown up, and now you're bloody wrongun. I know. We don't know it's him to start with. Well, we don't know. We do know unless we're stupid. But it's it, this this monster is attacking them, cuts off some... His claws come out and he cuts through them. Um, so he's, like, in pain from that and so on. But to cut a long story short, it turns out to be the old guy and he's got something in this suit that he could burrow into Wolverine's, um, cl- you know, claws, if you like, and draw Bones. out his abilities. Yeah, draw out his abilities somehow and you've got the you've got the sort of snake woman there doing various things as well and i'm completely fucking disinterested in all of this yeah so um (laughs) becca do you enjoy this section of the film 
yeah from here on in for me it does massively fall off the cliff um i do struggle a lot with it um and you know we're struggling to remember um how old was name i do kind of think i, I mean I, i'm i'm all for films that you know to go to japan or have japan as, as a location as long as they kind of treat the the ethos um and the kind of the culture you know respectfully and you, you, know, you can learn something from it. it's quite interesting as well um but very often these it does suffer a little bit from being slightly overpopulated um so you do some of these characters you know they're kind of meant to stand out and they do kind of get lost a little bit in the in, in the back in the um what's in the haze i guess um, but yeah, from this point onwards, it does massively fall off the cliff, and it's just like, oh, what the, you know, it looks terrible. It's just really badly plotted. The, the twist surprise isn't really a twist, and it's just like, oh, really? So, I mean, I, to be honest, I think this film, I mean, it's not, it's not great, but I think you know, there's there's still lots to enjoy, um, and you know, you have to kind of take it with with well, as as all these films do, um, and you have to take it with a pinch of salt and just think, mm, you know, kind of grit your teeth a little bit and and try to find the best. But yeah, here it just all goes down the pan, unfortunately. I've just found out that um, the guy who plays uh, Harada is actually Colonel Moon in uh, Dying of a Day. I forgot to say that. Well, he is, exactly. Well, the only reason I didn't mention it is because uh, we didn't record last weekend. We were going to and then couldn't. And I watched it last weekend, so it's seven or eight days ago, and I was watching this guy thinking, where do I recognise you? (laughs) And I looked it up and found it was indeed Colonel Moon from Die Another Day. This is it. So I mean, you know, he 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 played quite a good you know, bad guy for the amount of time he was on. Um, What's well, it? But it just kind of goes to show that you know he's quite versatile. That he can play villain or or, or misguided hero. Misguided, get... um, misguided woman. Yeah. So Harold has a bit of a like re- realizing that oh no, I've, you know, I'm been duped here, and then ends up getting killed. Duped. Getting killed by mm-hmm. like, a red hot blade, um, and yeah, so yeah, he he tries to draw the powers. Uh, Maliko uh, grabs, and you see him get younger. That is a very shit CG effect. Yeah, while laughing manically, um, Hiroko uses Wolverine's claws. Yeah, he's a bit crazy. As throwing knives, like hits him on the head, yeah. um, uh, and. Yes, yeah, so... I mean his action set pieces go. That's weak. He's burrowing into like Wolverine to try and draw his powers, and then just like knife hits him in the back of the head. Mm. Not very well planned out any of it. Wolverine grows out his claws, his bone claws, and says, oh, "You you you want me to come to say goodbye? Well, sayonara." And... See you on the <laughs> See you on the and, um... and what pissed me off is I remember I think it was Mangold. I think may have been Jackman. One of them said there will be consequences from from that. You know, if you if you're expecting the bone claws to just disappear, you know they're not going to. Then the next film, what happens? <laughs> no internal logic and no care. It's like it's, it's just if, yeah, it's just if ridiculous. Fox can it? get, it's ridiculous. If Fox can get the actors they want and the release schedule they want, they don't give a fuck about anything else. Um, so that's it basically um, he's dead, and you know the Logan suddenly sort of heals all right again. And then Logan sort of goes back to Yukio as uh, Mariko, sorry, has, has inherited the um, corporation as expected. They have a little bit of a kiss, and then he's like, "I, you know, I've I've been out of the world too long, so I'm going back." Um, and that's it, really. I mean, I did. Uh, I, I mean, the one thing that thoughts did go out of mind is like, surely there'd there'd be some sort of legal thing because there's been a lot of deaths and a lot of like shit happening around you know 
it's like, well, I guess you're you're the head of the company then. <laughs> Nothing yeah, to see. <laughs> the post credit sequence is not, you know, extradition coming through. <laughs> Whatever. And then we have a mid credit sequence. Yeah, I've, yeah. Uh, he's, at, he's at an airport. He's clearly still got metal on his frame because it's only the end yeah. of the sort of two, one clock. Two years so later, he, even though um, he was gonna, even even though um, Yukio was going with him, is like, well, I'm your bodyguard now. And so it's like two years yeah, later. So two years later, so we can forget it completely. <laughs> well, why after that then? I mean, it, do, it doesn't help that you know we last see him on a plane. And then we then then we see it and the two years later is like he's he's like just come off a plane you know in an airport. It's like how long how long was that fucking flight? <laughs> well, long enough to lose uh, Yoko. Obviously. He's at an airport. He doesn't go yeah through right the plane halfway. Um, she didn't see that coming. <laughs> so suddenly he's at an airport. He doesn't go through the metal detector, you know. And yeah, then, like that's a choice. Like, he's there. And as he's, as, <laughs> Yeah, uh, just go, no, 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 uh, don't want to. No, 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 I, I, then, I have to have been patted down, actually. And then he said, uh, start with the balls. Uh, then he says, uh, we're on a mission. like Jaws and Moonraker, just that, you know, he managed to avoid it because A, is too tall, and C, his teeth are going to set it off. And we know that he needs some help. Uh, they say he needs some help, and he said, maybe someone can convince you. Everything freezes and appears Charles Xavier, and he's like, how is this possible? And then we go straight to credits. So that is meant to run straight into Days of Future Past, but nothing will ever link these two films. <laughs> you know, really you know, you know what's, kind of, you know what's funny, though? Because, tenuous link. Be, tenuous link. Because when like, Xavier comes in, like Patrick Stewart, because um, the, the shot of him coming in is quite long because he's like on his wheelchair and it's like coming round and it's like it's there for a good few seconds. It's, you know, in my head, I thought, oh, look, it's wheels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> it does feel like unnecessarily long that he just sort of like established like, you know, but he, I love the that fact he's, that he's, the... he's on his little wheelchair. Like, <laughs> but in the mission they're going to go off to do, he's on a floating fucking wheelchair. They they don't even think about this. And Wolverine's claws are back to normal. It's just like well, then, and Magneto sorts that out for him. I mean, the X Men films have always said the mate the near future, but then. You either be specific or you don't. Suddenly, mm. saying twenty twenty three, it's like, well, what's the relevance of that? Or twenty twenty four, whichever it was. I think it might be twenty twenty four. It was ten years ahead of when the film came out. Um, yeah. So, final thoughts, really. Um, I've, I've managed to talk myself into liking it less than I did at the start of the show, but broadly speaking, I still feel the same. I, I, I do. It's not. It's not a terrible film. It's very enjoyable. It's very stylish. Wolverine's like a great character. He's well played. It's nice to have a one-shot mission in some ways, although trying to link it into other things I think is not a good idea. This constant belly aching over Gene when what you see someone you half liked from afar. I mean, when he said "I love you" at the end of the last stand, it's like you don't, you don't, you can't, surely. Um, third act is a disaster. It's one of the worst third acts we've ever covered. But the first two thirds is really good. Um, it's not quite as good as I remember. There's more problems with it, and then I thought the sub, the sort of secondary characters are all forgettable, really, as evidenced by the fact we had to look up nearly all of their names. And I know it's from a different culture, and their names maybe we don't use every day. But the fact is, we had to look up all of their names. So I'm left with it thinking of it as a very middling um, X Men film, but it's it's a very 
it's a very decent Wolverine film and sort of in the pantheon of sort of Jackman performances in the role, it's quite high. So I enjoyed it. I, I think it's a massive step amongst above the first sort of spin-off they tried. I think it's a, a big step above the last sort of X-Men film with the original crew. I think we've got, but I, I think, I dare say we've actually only got to my memory, two better films, to co- two films to come that are as good or better than this. Days of Future Past is in the same sort of league, in my opinion. And from recollection, Logan's quite a lot better, but the other couple aren't. Or the other three, I've only seen two of them, but two of the other three certainly aren't. So, yeah, it sits somewhere in the middle. I, I like it well enough. It's not that good, though. Um, I think I noticed as an, as an actor we've come across before um, is um, Brian T, who played the uh, the politician fiancé. Uh, we last saw him in uh, in uh, Tokyo Drift, doing uh, some other fart acting. He, he wasn't exceedingly handsome, man, <laughs> was he? That was my favourite character. <laughs> well, I don't know. Was, was, I can't remember. Was he the smother fart actor playing the bad guy? <laughs> or... Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Anyway, Chris, final thing. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I think I've kind of said it all before. Really. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, we, we do what we usually do. We kind of rip the piss out of the plot holes and what have you, and that's just what we do. You know, at the end of the day, this, uh, this is absolutely fine. I think the only problems it problems with it, I mean, that's in, in some cases, it's really, in some places, it's really, really good. And Hugh Jackman is, yeah, is, is great. You know, I mean, like, I think that that's the major selling point. The, you know, all all the cast are 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 perfectly cast well in, in the roles. I think no problems. It, it doesn't go all the way. It doesn't commit to its uh, to its premise um, too much. I mean, I can I can forgive like the the final like you know superhero fighting a big robot. I can act. You know, but again, I think had it had it committed more to that, I think it would have earned that ending. Like given given what like a Wolverine fighting like Yaku, Yakuza and then having then having like a a big fight with like a bunch of ninjas like full on bloody battle would have been you know if you, if you made more of a deal out of that I think we would have forgiven the kind of CGI robot fighting at the end we would have gone like yeah that's fine you've you've earned, you've earned that kind of for the last ten fifteen minutes that's fine um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think all the other in- inconsistencies is understandable, given that it's mostly from other films. Um, but there you go. Uh, but as, as it in terms of Wolverine, is actually it, it's a perfectly solid uh, movie. Yeah, same, 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 pretty much. Um, yes, it's not perfect, and I think as a standalone X Men movie, I think it kind of it's a bit of a weird beast because it's not it doesn't quite slot into the X Men universe, um, but it's more of a kind of standalone I mean it kind of does um but it sort of doesn't as you say because you mentioned at the top of the show like there aren't many other sort of mutants um and we see you know a brief glimpse of of Xavier for example and obviously Link with Jean Grey too um so it's otherwise it's pretty much like mutant free for for the most part anyway maybe like 10% in there somewhere um so it's it's a bit of an odd beast in terms of well certainly in terms of like the X-Men movies and maybe even the sort of Logan trilogy that we have um sort of unofficial trilogy i guess um of wolverine movies um yeah like we said through the show it's not it's not perfect there are like gaping plot holes that we like to take the piss out of um you know there's still lots to enjoy as well um 
but just yeah for, for the, the third act of this film would just kind of fall away from me unfortunately um due to the bad effects and the, the twist that isn't really a twist and you just think oh god you know see it coming a mile off um but i think it is due to um, you know, sort of production history of this film as well, and how it does kind of play, play around with with the timeline, um, especially in relation to other films. So yeah, I did sort of struggle a little bit, but as I say, it's as you know, I agree with Chris as well. It is it's solid, um, by no means perfect, but still, you know, it's it's hugely enjoyable. Still lots to like, um, and yeah, if you solid entertainment, then you know, why not opt for this film? Definitely for sure. Yeah, I've never had any. I have got complaints about it when I pick on it critically manager i wish to complain but like there were other x-men films that actively pissed me off a bit not that strongly but like you just go oh for fuck's sake and then we'll i felt like, we'll like disappointed the with the last act and i actually thought it was really weak but it was like well our film's been okay to this point so so what wasn't that invested in it because it was i think the problem is wolverine is either cursed by his longevity in which case killing him would be a relief or he's not, in which case we don't want him to die and the film has actually no um, emotional heft as a result. So you can't really have it both ways and the film tries to. It work. It works with Logan because he's that bit older again and his, his, his um, powers are genuinely fading. And by then he is like sick of his life. But um, there you go, we'll come to that in another week. What can you teach us about this film, Becca? Not a lot. Oh, good, all right. <laughs> well, you can find us on I'll social media. Find some... <laughs> I was trying to find some facts about sort of Japanese culture and everything. So I've got a friend who was going to travel um, for the Olympics, but then obviously pandemic got in the way. Um, and so yeah. now he's, he's going to travel at some point, but perhaps maybe not this year. I don't know quite when he's going to go. Men come first. Well, this is it. Um, but then I was like, oh, then he's like, oh, this is wrong, that's wrong. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I got these facts from my friend who's actually been living there for the last five years. But never mind. Um, so just some generic facts about the movie. Um, Chris mentioned at the top of the show that Darren Aronofsky was touted to direct, um, but dropped out after the studio declined his R-rated script. Um, other directors the studio wanted um, included Guillermo del Toro, Doug, Doug Lyman, I can never pronounce his name, Anton Fuqua, Mark Romanek, Justin Lin and Gavin O'Connor. I think Justin Lin would have been quite an interesting um, interesting director. He could have gone in a, a different direction, I think, to, to the one it took. Um, so I think it would have been quite a good choice, but you know I'm happy with James Mangold here definitely. And as we mentioned, it's kind of it's good to kind of see his upward trajectory. trajectory. Um, also, as we mentioned, Bonfans <laughs> um, will appreciate Wolverine's line. How did you know there's a pool down there? I didn't. And there's a reference to the Diamonds Are Forever scene where he's like, I didn't know there was a pool down there. After he shoves plenty of tool out the window, unfortunately. Um, fun fact number three: Rita Fukushima and Ta Okamoto have also appeared in DC properties. With Fukushima playing Katana in The Arrow. Um, and Okamoto appearing in Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice. Yawn. Anyway, this is uh, fun fact number four. This is the first. Oh, I did. You have to look her up. Yes, I, I was. I, I was like, where do I recognise her again? This is this is things I've forgotten in the week since I saw it. Yeah, yes. sorry, sorry for the delay. Apologies. Everybody. Oh no, it's no, it's nobody's fault. But obviously, like there are a couple of things I noticed, and and to be fair, it's allowed you to like tell us because I I might have said otherwise. Yes, no, I did notice. It's, it's one of those. She, she was um, she's popping up in things, you know, which is great. Yeah, but it's kind of, where do I know was, her from? You know, that, she was that aide to Lex Luthor who was killed. Mm. In, sort of bombing at the courthouse mm-hmm. the one with like a cup of piss in it great <laughs> film that. oh dear but she's got kind of one of those you know sort of mem- this is gonna sound really stupid but like memorable faces like whenever she's you know appears in films it's like where have i seen you before <laughs> yeah absolutely it's like i was I was watching an old episode of some like 
seventies sci-fi, and it was had it was mainly kind of like a mishmash of like Bond, Anderson, and various other. And it's like, where do I know that guy from? So I, I looked him up, and he kind of like always been in Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. He's been in this. He's been in that. And okay. it's just like, when you say Bond and Anderson, you don't mean Nigel Bond, the snooker player, and oh Bob no, Anderson, sorry, the nineteen eighty eight World Darts champion. Unfortunately, not. No. Okay. <laughs> but it's just you know she's kind of been in lot all these really you know big sort of properties. And you know, it's interesting that she's kind of been in both, you know, which is very cool. Um, but she's like, where have I seen her before? Oh, yeah, she was in Batman v Superman. Yeah. Um, but she thought... looks quite different there because her hair's cut very different and she's got like spectacles on. And oh, stuff. yeah, and she wears yeah, a different outfit, different costume. Yeah, so. very different look. But yeah, the facially, this obviously go like that's familiar to me. I mean, it's like <laughs> Colonel Moon. Colonel Moon was a bastard at the start of Dying of the Day. And although Harada's not exactly a good guy. He's got a much friendlier air about him. Yeah, he's a bit more approachable here, isn't he? Yeah. Definitely. Maybe it's the intervening years. He's mellowed out a little bit. But he's yeah. still, you know, really recognisable, even though, I mean, it's like, um, you know, Rick Yoon, for example. Like, he'll, he'll forever, you know, he's a prolific film, filmmaker, sort of in front of and behind the camera. And it's like, he'll forever be... <laughs> from dying of the day. It's just like, oh... I feel oh, sorry yeah. for these people, you know? All the people be... out there are remembered for like being in, you know, Goldfinger or Unfortunately, you're Casino Royale, and, and he's remembered for. Oh, but no, you know, he's done lots more, much more besides. It, it's not only that, but his, his character is largely played by someone else. Well, exactly. Well, there is that. I was thinking of Rick Yoon, actually, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, Toby Stevens. Yeah, exactly. I, had we recorded this a week ago, I would have just pretended it had been this was Toby Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was Toby Stevens. It's always he, Toby Stevens. He's, he's lost, he's lost some weight and some height. <laughs> <laughs> I recognise the laugh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> okay. That'd be quite good, wouldn't it? Although I'll, be slightly... I'll, I'll, I'll believe, I'll believe you if you tell me what armies I've got. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the alternate version. I love, I love that. What wife could do more? Oh, I see. He <laughs> times up. No, it isn't. It, <laughs> it, it just when he sort of comes out in complete panic, he's like, he's only got one arm. <laughs> That's enough black. That's enough blackadder references for anyone who's um, caught on. Uh... <laughs> I was gonna say, just but a scratch. I'll be facted out because I feel well informed. Now. Anyway, fun fact number four: first X-Men movie to be released in 3D and IMAX. And then fun fact number five: apparently, it's the only film in the series without opening credits, and the titles are at the end of the film. Um, and then obviously, I think this is first X-Men movie. I think in the series when it was released on Blu-ray to have an extended version. Um, yeah, because that's when yeah, that's when I, I watched it only from you know my friend of mine bought it on Blu-ray and was like, oh, um, you know, must come around and watch it, and we watched the extent the extended version, and it was like, hold on a minute, it's the only one so far. Yeah. So yeah, that's my boring facts, unfortunately. So nothing about Japanese culture, I'm afraid. So uh, go on in the site. All right. As for social media, you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Hi, you can find uh, me on Simon Trimax. You can also find all the old episodes of Simon Trimax UK if you can't find them on um, all the other iTunes and whatnot. And you can find us on Twitter at Talk. Or you can drop us an email to that extent as well. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Pornhub, PC World, basically anything beyond the <laughs> 
Pinterest. I wouldn't know about those. Would penis you know? enlargement sites. Uh, <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine if you start, start like randomly me. uploading to uh, Pornhub or something like that? And we just... Well, there was that guy who just uploaded videos of him just being really nice to people, you know, doing the ironing or washing up or something for somebody. <laughs> Still did the job. Quite <laughs> people are probably going to look for us on there now and go, where are you? Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's quite frankly what poorly women wank off to, isn't it? Like, sort of men doing the ironing. Like... Oh, look at that. Oh, look at the faults. <laughs> it's such a nice job. I wish my husband did the same. So, anyway. Guys, we aren't on those sites. Literally, we're just on the sites that we mentioned, so don't bother looking for us on those other ones because we ain't there. Um... And anyway, basically, I, I'd have been more comfortable with Vine because, you know, six seconds. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Didn't that die a death? It did. And and then TikTok <laughs> happened, so it's like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not on there either. No, we're not on there either. Actually, um, the list of places where we're not is probably longer than the list of places that we are. Probably because we're getting... Well, there you go. It'll be whatever the next trend is when TikTok dies down. It'll be wherever the next trend is. All right, so we're going to sort of a bit of a hybrid film next. It's sort of it's a follow-on from the sort of reboot crew, but we do have members of the original crew, which means Becca. Do you expect to talk about the return of X-Men: Days of Future Past? Uh, 